The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean? 22. After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22-23. But now the question is... USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. A what? You know, portaled from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. Oh, it's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. And realignments. They both be pencils. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back. And the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover. And we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio. All right. All right. Good. Uh, good day. Hello, everybody. Good. Uh, good morning. That is. I'm John Warren. This is the Joe Beaver Show for this uh, Wednesday. It is July, uh, July, January 11th. Mike, uh, once again, I think got caught behind a train or something. Something that uh, has him just a few minutes late. Not a big deal because I can give you the lay of the land. In fact, he's here. Well, look at that. You always get here before you say you will. He always tells me, okay, I'm going to be late. There's a, there's a car here. And then he's always here on time. But uh, anyway, Mike just got here. But I, I'm going to just keep the thought process going to give you the lay of the land for uh, the guests that we have on today's show. Hopefully there will be time, and I'm sure there will be for your phone calls. Certainly there's always time for your texts. And we appreciate your texts on the University Honda text line 541-497-5356 and the Downward Dog phone line, which you can always call if we're not doing an interview. And again, 541-497-5356. And the 5356 spells out K-E-J-O. That's a little memory deal there. Now, our lineup for today, I would say right out of the chute, but it's not. At 1130 this morning, Stephen Jackson, Hall of Famer Stephen Jackson here at Oregon State. Uh, is going to be joining us to talk about football, obviously, his career, obviously. But also, he's venturing into, or he's uh, entering into a new venture with Oregon State and uh, the uh, the Damnation NIL. And that's going to help Oregon State a lot. And Damian Martinez has uh, steined on to, to wear some stuff. I'll let Mike explain it because he can do it a little bit better. But OBS is this uh, clothing line, which if you go to their website, it's pretty cool. Um, let me see. What is that website? Hold on here. It's OBSbrand.com. And there's no S at the end of brand. So OBSbrand.com. Anyway, Stephen Jackson will join us. And again, Mike, I need you to explain a little bit more about that thing. Is that yours? I have no idea where that came from. Okay, I didn't. I wasn't sure. It was just sitting there a minute ago. So <laughs> I looked at that, and, and TJ said, should we move that? And I go, no. Mike might have ordered it. It's a big bag of what looks like Chinese food. Yeah. And I said, 
I said, well, Mike never, I said, I don't Mike know if never it's Mike, does. but I said, this is what I said. I said, one thing is for sure. I've never seen him eat that much. So the, the, well, I can't, that can't be I have no his. idea where, you know, there's a bag, you're right. There's a bag tied up, a bag of food. <laughs> it looks like Chinese food. Whether it's, you know, whatever type of cuisine it is, it ain't mine. Do you know? Amy, any idea who this is? Somebody sent that to you. They they had oh a brought door dash. So it's a surprise gift. It's a surprise gift. That is very kind. I'm wow. It, it's probably uh, not for me. You intended for somebody else. No, it just was ended intended up here. for you. Oh, well, that's amazing. I will uh, look into it here shortly. <laughs> I wonder if it was. You know what? Break. I got a call. By the way, I got a call from Mike from Seattle, but I was in editing and didn't see the call. In, Ed in Edmonton? Where were you? Editing. Oh, in editing. Oh, I was okay. editing, and I didn't see the call okay. or hear the call until it was long after the fact that the call came in. So, Mike... Um, this might be for both of yeah, us. Text yeah, text us uh, whatever, uh, okay. and, and the topic of what you needed to talk to me about, unless it was something for off the air. Sorry about that. Uh, Sarah Alcano at 1220, Sessions with Sarah. Periodic sessions now yeah. with Sarah, yeah. not weekly, but this is, it's timely. Doc, because we had a call from Dave, I believe, talking about digital, not so much digital, but baseball ticketing and some tickets being put into the hands of fans who, yeah, we're low, I think, John. I do think we're low. I, I turned you all the way up. It just sounds like you're talking from the other side of the room. We have on order some new mic processors. Okay. So what feels strange and sounds strange will be getting fixed. How will it sound when we... Yeah, I hope that what... We're also low on the... Trans, I mean, I went oh, to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the transmitter, if you're trying to listen on terrestrial radio, again, go to... 93.7 FM. You, thank you for your memory, because I, I put the card away. Yeah. 93.7 FM for uh terrestrial radio but everybody else online we're loud and clear so um if you're attempting that's, to that's listen to get fixed it, as well if you tune in and you're right now 1240 joe radio what's happening the you, it's back now okay yeah okay because for it wasn't five minutes ago you sound, you sound good on it. okay yeah. i don't know what you're hearing uh lost yeah. in the afc chain okay i thought there so thank you doc okay what were but, you thinking well, I, I couldn't remember exactly how Stephen's final year went with the Patriots after his legendary career. We're going to talk to Stephen about so many things. I just sort of wanted to get my mind around how it, I knew we were pulling for him to, to make it to the Super Bowl, and I knew they didn't, but I just couldn't quite remember the detail of it. And so TJ did a little research for us. You better do your research, He gave TJ. me this, and I, I want to keep this, but I know you would use it too. Well, Stephen will join us at... 11.30 today, yeah. really excited about the opportunity to visit with uh, one of the, the great running backs in the modern era, a force at Oregon State, but even beyond the football world, the things that he's come back to do with his alma mater to get his online degree from e, the E-Campus and celebrate it with his mother, a promise he made to his mom, Mom, I'm leaving for the NFL after the 2003 season. But I will get, I will get my degree, and so he did through the E campus in 2020, and has now established the Jackson Family Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Fund at Oregon State uh, to help pilot a new program designed to help the university recruit underrepresented faculty and staff. That's a part of Stephen Jackson's legacy at his alma mater now, and stepping in with 
the damnation collective and hiring, you know, uh, working with Damian Martinez to be the ambassador for what you were talking about, his OBS lifestyle brand. And we're really excited to visit with Stephen about all of these things coming up at 1130. Sarah Elcano, back to the day, just yeah. to give you the lay of the land. A session with Sarah at 1220. Then Devin Hunter, Oregon State women's basketball assistant coach. We thought we would get a player. Uh, I was told that the player's schedule got changed a bit, and they will be in a weightlifting session during the 1230 to uh, 1 o'clock window. So no player is available, but Coach Hunter will be to talk to us about the trip to Arizona, uh, the games this weekend, and uh, just – her perspective, perhaps an update on uh, Tamia Gardner and an anticipation about when she will soon join the team on the court, just how things are going. We'll get an update from Devin on all of these things coming up at about 1240. Okay, now we uh, set the scene. We, we talk about things. We do a lot of stuff, but I want to take a break right now. We can create as many as we need, but something just went out of my ear, and I want to take a break to do a little chasing okay. while we can before we have these important guests coming Yes, up. they are all good guests, and we want to make sure all things are working according to the proper plan. So let's take a break. John's going to go to work in his MacGuffin-type uh, fashion and fix things, and we hope to be back with you in a moment on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 541- 758-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors. Voted by readers of the newspaper as the best roofer in the Valley for 21 and 2022 Stutzman and Krupp. They employ a large team of roofers, so they get in and get it done, often in just one day. Ask about their special winter rates. Estimates are free and there's financing available too. Give them a call or stop by their showroom on Rye Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors. They do it right. CCB number 96728. If you're fed up with dirty grout lines, maybe it's time to consider Cultured Marble. Hi, I'm Katie Albin at Albin's Plumbing in Corvallis. Cultured Marble is an affordable way to get the look of marble, and the best part is, no grout lines. Affordable and easy to maintain. Come by our showroom on 9th Street in Corvallis and see the beautiful look of Cultured Marble. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, it's the Kubota L-Series Tractor. It's part of a Kubota tractor lineup that's rated number one in durability and owner experience. The durable Kubota L1 features powerful diesel engines and is easy to operate. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to lynnbentontractor.com. Lynn Tractor, we're still doing business the American way. 
If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Hi, this is TJ Matthewson. Join me for Corvallis and Crescent Valley High School basketball action here on 1240 Joe Radio. Brought to you by Benson's Interiors, Evergreen Indian Restaurant, Corvallis Floor Covering, Highland Bowl, Independent Auto Works, Burst Chocolates, Alvin's Plumbing, Philomath Rental, Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, and by Lynn Benton Tractor. Follow the Spartans and the Raiders throughout the season here on 1240 Joe Radio, your year-round source for sports. All right, so we did a little bit of uh, research there. And yeah, things are down, but we are up and running on the stream as always. And, and 93.7 FM in Corvallis, if you want to uh, go terrestrial radio, this, this piece of equipment that we have on order seems to be getting weaker and weaker because it's happening for longer periods of time and more often. But you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, welcome back to the show. Um, boy, I have two good things I want to discuss. And they're very different, so I have to choose. I have to choose. I have to choose. All right, I'm just going to go with the Pac-12 because it, it, it has meaning for this upcoming weekend. You mentioned it earlier this week, but we never really talked about it. And I kind of talked about it in sports this morning. And that is an under-the-radar victory for Washington State. Now, here's a team that's, you know, what, seven wins, I think, on the year. And, and uh, they're, they're not horrible, but they're not, they're not good, and record-wise, anyway. And they go down to... Arizona in Tucson, where they had a 28-game winning streak. And they not only won, Doc, but they were up by 19 in the first half. And they were up uh, big late, 18 in the second half. They won by 13, 74-61. And really dominated in many ways. Now, Doug said he watched it, and Arizona's big guy, I don't know who, um, I can't remember, but he he got his 20-something. But nobody else could hit any shots. And Washington State comes away with a victory. And I'm thinking, well, everybody should be looking at that film to see what you did to slow down a, a very good fifth-ranked Arizona team that shall be in town tomorrow night. Um, but I just I, I like to hear that because you know how we as Beaver Nation have always kind of had a, a place in our hearts for the Cougars because of being brethren, if you will, for agricultural schools and not the big money and all that. So that was a great victory by Washington State. And uh, is it Kyle Smith? Uh, and, and his crew. So that was good. The other thing I wanted to throw out there, too, was I've been really hard on the NBA and uh, the youth movement and analytics and the way games are played and the way they are and hearkening for the glory years of Bird and Barkley and Dominique and... and uh, Will Chamberlain. And, well, even even that. That's, that precedes me. But even those Will years, Hudson. too. Yeah. Zelmo Beatty. Anyway, but, go but, ahead. <laughs> How would you like to be Jimmy Butler? Your team is 39 for 39. Yeah. And with 12 That's seconds left. That's a pressure left, free throw. With 12 seconds left, you get fouled and in the act of shooting. <laughs> it's Well, they won by a point, too, I think. Oh, it so, was a big free throw. So yeah. it was a huge free throw on every front. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And he nailed it. 40 for 40. 
There are a lot of things to unpack there. Yes, including, 40 for 40 including the fact that it was 40 years from the last 39 for 39, Utah versus the Trailblazers. Mm. 1982, December 7th, 39 for 39. Wow, that's interesting. And I was in high school, and I don't remember that. That would have been under the great Frank Layton, would it not, at Utah about yeah. that time? yeah. The reason that I said there's a lot to unpack there, and I'm hoping we can take a little venture down the, the NBA lane soon, and with GP2 yep. back and playing That's last right. night, got we'll, talk to, minutes. we'll talk to Ron Callen tomorrow, who was at the game with his daughter Lily, and talk to him about women's basketball for OSU. But as always with Ron, there's always other little <laughs> trails you can go down. What was it like? And he'll have observations about yeah. the Blazers and his experience there. I will, in visiting with him this morning, about a number of things, one of the things he did say, and it was, the, again, the cogent observation for somebody in our demographic. You're younger. Ron's even older than I am, so, and that's hard to do these days in the business, but he is. Yeah. Not many years older, but a few, and said, Mike, it's loud in there. Really? Referring to the sensory experience of game day, at the Moda Center. Uh, and that's just the way it is. It is. Oh, he's talking about the talking about how techno not the fans. No, the techno just the, No, there is no moment uh, of gather yourself for a moment and visit with your neighbor. Or, well, you know, I mean, a quiet, it just ain't. It I doesn't got a, exist. Uh, you speak, you're speaking about daddy-daughters. I got a Christmas present from my daughter who purchased Blazer tickets for she and I to Sweet. go. Sweet. So later this month we'll be going. I think uh, I don't. It's twenty seventh. I think it is. It's a Sunday, and I'll I'll report back on that too yeah. about techno dance. But that's funny. When I asked him how was the Blazer game, I, because he tweeted a beautiful photograph of himself and his daughter Lily at the Blazer game. Mm-hmm. I saw the tweet as part of the reason I called. I also wanted to ask him about Tamia Gardner, what he knew of anything. Right. Just, right. Uh, and we don't don't know anything official yet, but hoping that her return is soon, perhaps even this weekend. Maybe Devin Hunter can share some information on that if there is any to share. Well, there's enough chatter that makes yeah. you makes you think that. Excited about w- whenever it happens, just to see her on the floor and join a team that I think is building something. From what I observe and listen and see, it looks like some things are taking shape yeah. that make this. Uh, a pretty compelling year and a set, you know, we're not even through the first half of the conference schedule yet, but I think a strong finish is in the making for this group and some, that near miss in Arizona that hurts, yeah. but it also, while hurts also tells you that it's a pretty good team yeah. to, to be able to take Arizona as far as they did in that, in that scenario. So Devin will join us. But when I asked Ron, how was the blazer game? The first thing he essentially said was, "Boy, the the music is just loud in there." It's it, you know it's it, that's okay because he went on to talk about what a great time they had and how fun it was to see Drew and GP two and and we'll get more interested now in yeah. a sense in the Blazers as they try to come out of a tailspin. They're not playing particularly well right now. But it was funny to me that that was the first thing he said. And it wasn't as though I got mad at Ron like the Joker that I talked about in 88 winning those World Series tickets 
and he got he was there for the first two games in 88 which means he saw Gibby's homer in 88 I call him up expecting to have the greatest lavish oh thank you so much Mm -hmm. the greatest experience of my life it was a trip for his family four people uh... all expenses paid Mm -hmm. we put that I put that together with a promoter through the Portland Beavers and we sent this guy Hey, uh, Joe, how, how did you like it? How was that experience? Expecting, oh, Gibby. All he said was, boy, a lot of traffic in Los Angeles. <laughs> you just going, give me those tickets back. Yeah, a lot of traffic getting in and out of that stadium. I, I just almost fell off my chair. <laughs> now, he won the promotion fair and square, and so yeah, I couldn't. But, that's right. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you had a good time. Otherwise, thank you. Good luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> kind of how I well, wanted I mean, to treat how, it. Well, well, where else are you going to go with that if he's going to, if that's going to be it? A lot of traffic there. And, and so when I asked Ron, how was that Blazer game? Yeah, pretty loud. You know, <laughs> it's not like I'm going to get mad at Ron, but I, again, felt it, in both cases, 1988 and this morning, that's the first place. Because for the guy that I talked to in 88, that's sort of what his takeaway yeah, was, yeah. that there's traffic in and out of Dodger Stadium. Yeah, not not the experience, the game, the trip, the free this, the free that. <laughs> and seeing Gibby's Homer. Gibby's that Homer guy, and, thanks to, to us, to me, to our yeah, sponsor, yeah. saw Gibby's Homer in person. And the first thing he said was, a lot of traffic. <laughs> That's unbelievable to me. But... Ron had much more to say, and yeah. we'll talk to him about good, it tomorrow. Good. But, but again, just remember that's that's a sixty upper sixties age guy yeah. saying that. And yeah. our experience, our sensory experience at the ballparks and arenas through the years has changed dramatically. He's 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 young for his age. Yes, he is very young for his age. So I don't know that I would put it too much on. No, old guy can't stand music because he was that's just what, making an observation. Right. No, yeah. but I think in many ways we when we talk about this, a twenty something listening to the Joe Beaver show could say, "Oh, here we go, right. old guys can't stand music." I think it's you know how like they do uh, cost of living and and things. And it's like, well, if you went by cost of living, it really should be twenty dollars instead of ten, but they're actually charging forty, so it's another twenty on top of cost of living. Well, techno din in in arenas now aren't more because we're get, getting older. It's more because it's more. They're louder. They're playing it longer. Mm-hmm. They're not giving you breaks. Yeah, it's added in more rather than the old days of yeah, some great music here and there, but then it goes away. Action re- re- mm-hmm. resumes on the court, and so on and so forth. No dead air. The yeah, doctrine no, of no the dead air, which is a radio, yeah. TV yeah. thing, not get it. live yeah. stadium thing. But for forty, for uh, forty, for forty at the free throw line, therein hangs a tale there too. Oh yeah. With trying to answer this question, I called Dwight this morning. Dwight's taking a little time in Cabo, but uh, we—it's interesting to me that. Uh, Dwight said 40 for 40 and all that, you know, we, we're going to take a break. We've got Steven himself. We were ready to call him here in a moment, but the man that he is calls us early. So we're going to come to Steven Jackson in just a quick uh, transition. But Dwight said 40 for 40. It's a, it's harder to play defense these days in the NBA. And so all of these high scoring games were seen a function of three point shooting proficiency and people getting to the foul line in incredible numbers. And you asked the question the other day about that. Why are we seeing these 55 plus 
personal performances. Touch and there was a timely article in today's paper oh. on that subject. Speaking and it, of t- it shows some numbers about the NBA scoring that I think are interesting. Interesting. We'll talk about that later. We have in our own world, the Joe Beaver world, such a, an exciting story to talk about with a true legend at Oregon State in the NFL but a man who carries himself as humbly uh, as anyone I've known with the kind of star uh, experience that he's had in his career. Our own Stephen Jackson joins us next to talk about his venture within uh, the Oregon State Nil world and Damian Martinez. Stephen Jackson next on 1240 Joe Radio. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? Have you decided that this is the year to get it done? For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle, or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming, and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre-owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come, experience the power at Power Honda in Albany, or go to mypowerhonda.com. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren. Life happens. It passes by so quickly. I'm sure our next guest would attest to it. To see Stephen Jackson, as I was honored to do at UNLV in the practice field as the Beavers were getting ready to play in the Las Vegas Bowl at uh, UNLV's practice field. Stephen and his son Skyler were observing the practice. I had a chance to meet Skyler and shake hands with a tight end, not a running back. Really? Stephen was kind enough to drop by and say hello for a moment. But just thinking about watching Stephen getting ready for the Las Vegas Bowl back in 2003 when he wrapped up his spectacular career, it just struck me as I shook hands with Skyler that Stephen Jackson, who joins us, Stephen, thank you for your time. But it uh, this whole thing you're doing, you're involved in a lot of stuff, but it's going pretty quickly, doesn't it, Stephen? It is. How are you guys up there? Hey, we're great. And it was. Uh, I want to start though with you seeing you in Vegas before we get to the great news. You have had your own experience in the Las Vegas Bowl. You have said was almost a tipping point to come back home to score five touchdowns. You were undecided going into the game that day in 2003 against New Mexico, but that game itself kind of helped you realize, hey, I'm ready to make the jump. What Could you share a little bit with us, Stephen, about what that game, that experience going back home to wrap up your collegiate career meant for you? Yeah, I sure could. Um, so it's funny. You're right, Mike. I was literally 50-50 on coming back from my senior year, and – Coach Riley and I had that discussion the week of the, the game. And he's like, yo, Steven, you know, if you could give us, you know, the football team, the university, maybe a week or two to kind of just sort things out and talk about your future going forward, you know, we would love that opportunity. Lo and behold, you know, the game happens. I have the, the performance of a lifetime for myself. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I think Coach Riley and I both knew, you know, we had the TV cameras on us. <laughs> we had national attention. And it just felt right at the time to make the announcement to go ahead, 
and to you know announce that would be foregoing my senior year. But also, you know, they just to give a little bit more insight to our Beaver fans. At that time in my life, too, you know, you got to think about the year prior, 2002, there was a running back named Willis McGahee, and uh, he had a terrible injury in a bowl game the year prior. So also, you know, that those kind of things loom in the back of your mind about wanting to make sure you strike while the iron's hot, but you're also protecting your, your investment and, you know, being a football player, that's yourself. Steven Jackson joining us, and then that launched you into a career that, while you left early, before we get to Damian, the big news of the week, and we're so excited to talk about uh, your brand and Damian as an ambassador for you, but one other thought, Stephen, about sort of closure, in a sense, with Oregon State with reference to your academic life. You fulfilled a promise to your mom, even though you left school early after 2003, you were on track to graduate, began your career but thanks to eCampus and your own determination and a promise to your mom, congratulations on fulfilling that promise with the degree through the eCampus at OSU. What did that mean to you, Stephen, and to your family? And you shared it on social media beautifully. What was that all about for you and your family? It meant a lot. You know, my mom was really big on education and making sure that, you know, I would be able to always provide for myself. And I understood that, you know, the uh, and, you know, uh, education was going to be the key to open a lot of doors for myself. And athletics was going to be a short-term career path, but as long as I had the foundation and knew that I could trust and rely on my own intelligence, you know, I could do many things in this life. So it, it was important for me to fulfill that promise to her while she was still alive, and God, by God's grace, she's still here with us to this day. But, you know, I think also for me, being a famous alumni of Oregon State, it doesn't feel right always referencing the school but not having the diploma to go with it. So I wanted to make sure that I, I did myself that as well. And, Stephen, you're now, I mean, you're an OSU Foundation trustee on Scott Barnes's advisory board. And with respect to the academic mission, you've created the Jackson Family Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Fund that's helped OSU pilot a program designed to help OSU recruit underrepresented faculty and staff. This is in addition to what we're going to get to, I promise, here in a moment, and Damien. But what about that piece in your life, Stephen? What drove you to, to get involved in that world? I just think, you know, I think it's twofold. Uh, Oregon, the state of, of Oregon, is a beautiful state. Not a lot of people get a chance to visit up northwest. So having privy to seeing the landscape and the culture there and, and meet many friends that I still have living in the Oregon area. Uh, it was one that I, I wanted to share with the rest of the, the nation. Um, me playing in the Midwest, playing in the South when I was there with Atlanta, even on the East Coast, you know, I always get a lot of questions. Why Oregon State or how the state of Oregon is? And, you know, they only, they only pitch in the greenery, <laughs> which yeah. is rightfully so. But I always say the people there are just as rich and warm uh, as ever. So it was a part of me wanting to open that experience up, but also – you know, the university sometimes find challenges in retaining talent. And I think, you know, we could have un underrepresented professors and staff on, on campus and, only, and not only enriches their point of view and their, uh, their life, but also it helps our students on campus having a different point of view, learning from others that have different experiences and backgrounds. And that only enriches the, the, uh, the, the university and what it has to give to the community. Stephen, that's a beautiful answer in that it transitions perfectly, and you use the phrase retaining talent. Now, it, yeah. I, I remember even chatting with you about Damien briefly when we were there at uh, UNLV's practice field, and behold, here we are. What a, what a great bit of news 
uh, through the Damnation Collective, the preferred collective for Oregon State Athletics, yourself, and the ambassadorship that, that Damien will be a part of, named an ambassador for your brand, the OBS Lifestyle brand, the original brand, OBS Lifestyle brand. How did this all come together, Stephen, from your perspective? Well, speaking with the founders at uh, Damnation, we were talking about the possibilities, and we wanted to make sure that through this transfer portal, we were retaining, using that word again, our, our student-athletes and making sure they wouldn't getting coached away from false promises and, and, you know, the lore of just what may be green on the other side. So we wanted to make sure that we showed our student-athletes we're willing to work with them hand-in-hand. Not only just put money um, somewhat in, in, in investing in them, but which is important, but also making sure that they can grow and learn from the business uh, relationships that will have come, come with it. So for me personally, it was important. A lot of things that I learned over the course of my lifetime was just trial and error. But if I could be a bridge to these young student-athletes and say, hey, these are some of the deals that I had, and this is how I looked at it, or this is how some things worked out that wasn't so much in my favor if I would have known this and that. Helping them understand the landscape of business, how to leverage their, their name, image, and likeness, as well as you know, making sure that they continue to stay within the culture of Oregon State enriching themselves not only in education but relationships that could be lifelong. It was important for me. So as I have OBS and I started it as a motivational aspect here in Las Vegas, it's to encourage a person that thinks that, you know, circumstances come up and they want to give up or they feel like they're the only ones fighting and their team's not fighting with them. I for sure understand that being in a team sport that, Sometimes the leader or sometimes the most talented seems to shoulder the load and it feels like it's, uh, it's not fair. But life is, you know, it's just that. It's not fair. But we have to find that motivating factor, which is typically bigger than us. And when you find that it, it continues to push your way forward, you're able to achieve many great things that not only you may not give yourself credit for, but didn't even think was capable. Stephen Jackson joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Hi, Stephen. It's John with Mike. Tell us a little bit more about the brand, its inspiration, and how long you've been been at it, and is it is it working for you? So OBS is now two years old. Um, the lifestyle side of it, it's a six year company, and it first started as a, a a barber shop and a barber school. And here in Nevada, in the Southern Nevada area, we have uh, not the, the greatest school district. And seeing that a lot of these students not moving on with their career, but typically going on to more hospitality jobs, um, a lot of a lot of these children and, and young adults here are living paycheck to paycheck. Nothing wrong with that, you know. I want to be clear with that, mm-hmm. but I also believe that there's uh, there's some disadvantage to having that purview that four-year college is not for them. So I believe in the trades, and someone has t- uh, attended a trade high school. That's why I fell in love with architecture and drafting. So barber school came about from my ideas of, of a best friend and I of saying, hey, we could teach these young people not only how to cut hair and the art and science of it, but we could teach them how to promote, how to build their own clientele and maybe one day be business owners of themselves. As we began to grow this business out, lo and behold, 2020 happens, right? The pandemic happens. And the lights, the lights uh, all, although they were still on, no one was working, the barber shop and the barber school. So we had to make sure that we kept generating income. So the lifestyle brand was birthed from that and making sure that we were still amplifying the brand 
and showing the young people that we weren't giving up on them, but actually we were building something even bigger. Stephen, then Damien, in terms of going to, in a very real sense, part of the brand now and the ambassador for your OBS lifestyle brand, do you know, is that something that we'll learn sort of how it looks or what the rollout of it? What are some of the ideas you're excited about working with Damien in that respect? Yeah, we, with Damien, he's our first, and he's going to be uh, very influential in what we do going forward. Uh, but we're going to work with all student-athletes, male, female, Olympic sports, you know, so team sports as well. But Damien, when I had a chance to speak with him about the brand and, and to tell him what it's all about, what we talked about really was just what the lifestyle of a student-athlete is. You know, Wednesday, um, Wednesday winter. Waking up in the winter, having winter conditionings early in the morning where no one's watching, no one knows what's going on, but you and the team are preparing themselves for another stellar year. It's those moments in time, 5 a.m., you know, you're, you're pulling yourself across campus to get to workouts, and some days you just don't feel up to it. Or there's, you know, there's a study group where someone in the group's not pulling their weight, but, you know, the group project is due. How do you get it done without isolating that person? And there's other times where, you know, you have to the mental fortitude in a game. You're down, and it's late in the fourth quarter, and, you know, the whole stadium knows you're about to get the ball. How do you get across that goal line and put your team across, you know, on top of the scoreboard? So it's, it all manifests in itself and overcoming these challenges that, are, that will come up in life and being that positive motivating factor and showing people that, you know, things do come up, but the grit and the grind and the commitment is what gets you through. Stephen, does all of this, getting your degree, I know it was through eCampus, I know you're, you're from Vegas, but uh, this venture and more contact, being on Scott's committee and, and all of that, does that bring you to Corvallis more often? Will you be up uh, checking out the new stadium and watching more ball games? I'm, I'm actually up in Corvallis quite a bit, not as much as you know, uh, as some of the others that are there locally, but I, I am there quite a bit, a few times a year. I sneak in and out of Corvallis and in the Portland area. It is one that definitely, with the new stadiums up, I will have to uh, be able to try each venue down this down this uh, restaurant road that they're going to be having there. But as well as meeting and greeting the student athletes, continuing to encourage them, talking to them about what made the future may hold for them, but also leveraging alumni and building those relationships as well. Stephen, what's amazing to me, what I love to hear in all of this is. This is not just, even though maybe there's an initial motivation to, quote, retain Damian Martinez and make sure that he, he has everything he needs here and isn't lured somewhere else, what a great young man he is. But this is the Oregon State way. You're not simply saying, look, we'll pay you, we'll take care of you, good luck, here you go. The, what you're doing and what Damnation Collective is doing and the venture I sent, Stephen, is it's a, a total, as you've already described, it's a lifestyle, it's a commitment to the community, philanthropy, education, et cetera. That's the Oregon State way. Am I right about that? Absolutely. And that was something I was very proud of going into the NFL lockers that I knew that if it came down to hard work and being the Oregon State way, I was well prepared for that. And it, it, it allowed for me to have a very lengthy career and it's allowed for me to have a, a great second career. And that is the commitment that we want to get to our student athletes and to the students on campus as well. That's just, you know, we don't need to be uh, all bricks and glam, but we know that we can lean on each other as alumni and that we could build a community that's worth giving back to generation after generation. We'll turn you loose here in a moment, but I've got to ask you about something, uh, Stephen, that I was just so excited to read about. 
how you, where did you develop? Was it at Oregon State when you were in architecture originally, the art and the photography and your own art exhibition that you got to unroll and lay out in Los Angeles a few years back? How, how did that cultivate for you? How did you cultivate that taste and that uh, part of your world? I think, you know, not being scared to try new things, traveling the world, seeing it. And a lot of times these trips were for me to kind of just step away from the NFL life, um, look at what I was able to accomplish over the season, but also, you know, set new goals for myself and putting myself in, in, in areas that I was maybe foreign to, not really understanding or knowing much, knowing about the cultures there. I would take a lot of pictures. <laughs> and, you know, if anything now, especially in the digital age, it's a lot easier. You snap away at pictures, you become a lot better at, at, with through practice. So mm-hmm. over the years, I just continue to take pictures through my travels, learning new facts, expanding my horizon on things, and trying new cuisine allowed for me to just grow as a person. And, I, you know, I, and that's another thing I'm always going to um, reemphasize to people that come across me is, you know, always being uh, able to just be vulnerable. And being vulnerable doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, just <laughs> you don't have to lay it all out on the table, but be willing to try new things, things, experiences that you wouldn't think you would try. But going through that, you'd be very surprised what you learn and what you get from it and just my how, how it may change your life. And I think that's what happened, you know, um, in my travels. I was able to just kind of refine who I was. I've always been an artist at heart. But seeing and hearing some of these similar stories, different languages and maybe different timelines, but it all kind of just came back to the same thing. And that's just being able to, you know, provide for our families and feel loved. Stephen, last thing from me, and you touched on, you just mentioned it in passing about, you know, locker rooms, why'd you go to Oregon State, all of that, and you had that great NFL career. After you left here in 2003, there were some great things happening here, some very good things in football after you left here, and then obviously the run in baseball. Did baseball and maybe some things in football that went over Missouri in 2006, did that give you some locker room stuff? Were you able to say to the guys, hey, check out Oregon State and baseball? Well, one thing Oregon State has really done a good job is making sure I always had some gear to make sure I could walk in, especially training camp time. And (laughs) And so August and September, I will always wear my orange and black very proudly. Nice. Baseball team just made it even sweeter because mm-hmm. now it's not just during the football season, but now it's in the spring. So definitely um, I'm one of the Beavers. So whenever OSU comes across, uh, I'm sure that I've been better than them, that there are uh, some great pride and some great things happening up there in Corvallis. They all keep an eye out, and for sure they know that Beaver, Na- Beaver Nation is real. And we close with this, Stephen, your thoughts of you saw Jonathan, your teammate, uh, coach on the staff. You were with your whole time. Jonathan was there at Oregon State. What do you make of what your former teammate is doing with the program and, and Damian kind of at the heart of it, what you thought of him as a running back this past year? I love it. And, you know, as you stated, uh, my former quarterback that leans on the running game, <laughs> you, can't, you can't ask for more. But the culture, the culture that he's instilled, um, you know, going after the the, the 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 kid that really wants to commit to the game of football and commit to himself. You know, his teams also have high GPAs year after year, so that's something he should be very proud of as well. So this new contract extension that he was granted and rewarded with, I think is well-deserved. I love the fact that, you know, this is not a stepping stone kind of job for John, but this is a legacy piece for him. And he, I believe he's going to be, 
if not the greatest, one of the great coaches that Corvallis will ever have. And with that, he's going to produce a lot of stud athletes that may go on to have their own professional careers themselves. Stephen, there's so many things we'd love to talk to you about. Your own son playing football and what your thoughts are about that in the world. We know so many things about the, the, the brutality of the game, the physicality, the concussion issue, and all of those things, and how you as a parent sort that out. I'm hoping someday we can do this again. In the meantime, we appreciate you taking time for us and congratulate you, the Damnation Collective, your brand, the original OBS lifestyle brand, represented now by Damian Martinez. It's a beautiful partnership and relationship, Stephen, and I look forward to visiting with you about these matters and more down the road. Thanks for taking time for us today. Thank you. Hope to be on soon as well. Thank Thank, you, guys. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Stephen Jackson, our guest. You can check out more at sj39.com, sj39.com. We were told about 15 minutes and I think, you know, right in there, right in Did, there. Oh, I didn't know we had a, a time <laughs> well, limit there. He's a busy man with his hand in so many things. What a fascinating individual. Yeah. And I've been told by somebody who's been in his home, you walk in his beautiful home in Las Vegas, and his own photography and his own artwork and oh, all wow. the things that are all over the house and other pieces that he's collected. But this is an, a man of eclectic taste and talent who is giving back to his alma mater and his own community and all of the philanthropic uh, endeavors that he's involved with, uh, making a trip to Tanzania on, recently, climbing, uh, I think, Mount Kilimanjaro, if I read. Uh, I, it was a very uh, going down the Craig Hanneman Road and becoming a mountain climber. I oh, mean, this yeah. Is, this is, the, this is <laughs> our running really back. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We we, we got to do him as a no, podcast. No, we need, we need a long podcast yeah, with Stephen absolutely. on all of these matters at some point. But his value and love for education and this deal with Damien Dunn in the Oregon State way, really excited and, and happy that uh, we were able, through the auspices of the Damnation Collective, to be able to visit with Stephen about it today. It's it'll sound This will sound corny, but I can be very corny and sentimental. The best thing he did, now obviously doing things for the kids is better, but really the one highlight in his entire career with stats and numbers and everything was going back to school and finishing because that's the hardest thing to do for adults. And non-athlete, normal, you and me people across the land, if you don't finish, one of the hardest things is to go back and finish for anybody who does that. I have high respect and that is huge that he was able to do that. And it's hard enough when you're paycheck to paycheck and you're, Mm -hmm. you're working hard in a blue collar job or whatever, a nine to five and you you doing it, but he already had the money. Oh yeah. He didn't need to do it and still did it. So I'm very impressed with that. And obviously the importance of the giving back and working with young kids mm-hmm. uh, and the OBS brand. I've got the webpage up. It's really, really nice looking stuff. Uh, clothing. I love it. And, uh, this is, and it's just the rollout, the yeah. rollout of, of what is the nil world? What This is a beautiful way to begin <laughs> yeah. the relationship, the Damnation Collective with Steven Jackson, but there are other athletes, student athletes and other people involved that will be getting involved with our own at Oregon State and creating some partnerships and opportunities for, again, for the lack of a better, for retention and making sure that, you know, people who fall in love with the culture and fall in love with life at Oregon State, that's all real and true and good. Yeah. But 
there is also the reality of if uh, somebody comes and, and Stephen used the word poaching. I mean, if somebody's coming sure. to try to poach you and the offer in the poach is this, that, and the other, Oregon State, I think, wants to make sure they're in a place where, well, you know, we have some great things that we can provide here within our own world and doing it the right way according to what nil was designed to be and not yeah. going wild, wild west and rogue with it. Which were everybody, when I say we, I mean coaches, uh, players themselves, uh, administrators were still trying to yeah. kind of organize and unpack this whole nil thing because new things keep popping up. And it's harder for the the teams that aren't the Blue Bloods. And there's only a handful of Blue Bloods, and they're going to get who they get. But for everybody else, I feel bad for, you know, a group of five teams. You know, they are they get some guy who's a star. He could easily be poached and offered a whole bun- bunch of money. You know, let's say you're a Wyoming or a, a Fresno State or yeah. a, a San Jose State, and you get one guy that just nobody saw, mm-hmm. and he just becomes a star. Well, we could poach him. You know, I don't know that it's our style. but Yeah, but, no, but I know. I mean, just, we do have a guy coming in from Wyoming. For yeah, well, I didn't but, think of that. But, I mean, I people that. enter the portal, and you start. You're in the portal. You're, you're in the portal, it's, it's and you're game. recruitable. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But, but um, no, to, to at least make it a little bit more than just the money. Yes. Can make some parents say, I want you to lead yeah, this Yeah, and direction. that's what I do think, again, thanks to the leadership that Jonathan Smith provides, the way Oregon State's going to go about this with all of the coaches on the same page. Uh, Jonathan and Stephen working closely together through all of this have yeah. helped create. You know, not Jonathan so much working. Jonathan can direct players to... Hey, yeah. we have a collective, right? And and talk to them, and then a relationship gets forged, right? Right. He doesn't have time, no. but but he can show him where yeah. to go. While we have time, yeah. we have plenty of time here. About six minutes. Okay. Eleven thousand four hundred thirty-eight uh, career yards in the NFL for yeah. Stephen. Sixty-nine touchdowns on the ground. What was it? Seventy-eight total. 78. So he had some receiving touchdowns too, a la the Vegas yeah. Bowl with one. Nine years with the Rams, and they were all in uh, St. Louis, weren't they? Eight consecutive one-thousand-yard seasons yeah. with them. Two yes. with the Falcons. Uh, two with uh, New England. That to kind of finish things yeah. off. Um, great, great career. But the one thing is, he he is the old school back because when yes. he was here, I remember there was one particular game where he carried it like 30 times. And I mean, he was one of those backs. He was about what? Six, two, two huge run 35 back. times against Cal, which we've talked about. Yeah. And you remember, <laughs> you don't see that anymore. No, Evanson, Evanson three years later in Oh five. 42 carries at Cal. Really? Mike Riley, Mike Mike would, you got a hot back. Yeah, yeah. And Mike, kind of an old school approach with the NFL style offense. Pro, I mean, the, so Stephen, the, the great story for me is yeah. when Dennis Erickson, after we lost at uh, Arizona State in 2002, 13 to 9, and Stephen had 16 carries. Not enough. Yeah. Not enough. Following week, Dennis kind of may have put his hands on a little bit more on the offensive. And? And 35 carries for 200-some <laughs> yards and a win over Cal at, at Reeser. Now, nowadays, now with Oregon State, it's different. It's the running game that is highlighted. But in the NFL, certainly. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Steven would do now because backs are like, Oh, I know. Not even draftable. I mean, they, they're like a foregone conclusion now. It's all the passing game. Uh, and he was one of those those big guys' workhorses. 
and I just I loved him. Are we going straight up, or should yeah. we take? Yeah, almost. Yeah, you know. Are well, we, I know. And where are we in the 57, world? 56, three minutes. Ah. By the way, thank you, Mike from Seattle, for the the food. Yeah, and by the way, if you have any, <laughs> it's been so busy we haven't even had a chance to open it yet. If if there is any way of to. If people are willing, if you have questions, this, there is a way. There, Jack Weston, underrated character actor, his best line Never ever. Heard just, of him. There must be. Yes, you have. You've seen him. You've heard of him. You just don't know him. <laughs> That's what Mike Rich said to me once when he, Mike Rich, wrote a screenplay, wrote many, but when he said, "Yeah, we got so and so actor in it," who? Oh, uh, you'd recognize him. I'm telling. So I'm giving you the Mike Rich treatment. Yeah, you'd And he's right. Him. When I saw them, oh yeah, that's who Mike Rich was Still talking never, about. Still never heard Jack of him. Weston. You have heard of him. You've seen him. <laughs> the Incredible Mr. Limpet. Oh yeah. Don not his, the, yeah. Don Knotts' friend in that. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. I knew I could find a hook for you. <laughs> but in uh, Cactus Flower, there must be a way. There must be a way. He keeps saying there must be a way. Jack Weston. To try to make sure, no, not Cactus Flower. What is that movie? But why? Come on, what, Doc, help me. Here's what I want to know: why, A new leaf, a new leaf. Thank you. When Thank you're you. watching you this obscure movie that yeah. no one's ever heard of called A, a new, new Leaf, no, oh, it's very funny. What made that line stick out to you? Why do you capture <laughs> well, these lines in I, these obscure movies? Because we all know movie lines. Yes, but those are obscure lines, is what you're telling yeah. me. There must be a way. It's not even, there's no reason for it. It's, it didn't make you guffaw. It, well, it kind of did. <laughs> I, I don't know. When I watched A New Leaf in 1971 and continue to watch it with great joy, yeah. I'd rather watch A New Leaf than uh, Babylon. Well, who, what famous person is in A New Leaf? J Walter Matthau. Okay. Matthau. That's why you Weston, watched it. Elaine May. It's funny, Doc. Well, I'm sure it is. William I, Redfield. I will, unlike you, I will look it up and watch but it. Jack Weston <laughs> losing his grip on this rich woman he thinks he's going to live off the rest of his life as Matow comes into the scene. He's trying to prevent <laughs> that. And the way he prevents it, he keeps saying, there must be a way. There must be a way. And it just made me laugh. He was so desperate to try to find a way. we got to work Anyhow, that in the next yeah, year. There open. must be a way. <laughs> there always is a way of some sort. If you would like to join us with questions for Sarah, anything that we, you know, the plenty of things we won't think about, or ideas or thoughts that have popped into your head of late, baseball tickets, football tickets, anything else, Sarah will join us at 1220. So if you want to send us on the University Honda text line any question that we can proffer Sarah, feel free, 497-5356, 497-5356. We'll have open phones between now at the end of the, the top of the hour break coming up between 12.05 and 12.20 when Sarah will join us and then Devin Hunter, Oregon State women's basketball assistant coach with the Washington schools coming. Uh, Sarah will uh, Join us at 1220, Devin at 1240, open phones and text lines in the meantime. Any questions or comments for Sarah, we'll pass those along. Thank you for joining us today, and a big thanks to the great Stephen Jackson to share with us uh, some of his thoughts about getting involved in the, the damnation collective world and partnering with Damian Martinez. That's the first, I think, of a lot of big connections and stories to come in the days ahead and to have Stephen Jackson at the forefront of it very exciting to be sure we will take a break we'll come back with the hour number two coming up on the Joe Beaver show 1240 Joe radio
Is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. Twelve forty. Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. Planes are flying again, but it was a chaotic morning for travelers across the country. Jets stuck on the ground for hours after a government system used to give pilots various information broke down overnight, prompting thousands of canceled and delayed flights. There was no evidence of the outage being related to a cyber attack. President Biden directed the Department of Transportation to investigate. Perhaps getting a lift from news that wholesale used vehicle prices have been normalizing in recent months. They were down 15% year-over-year in December. Shares of Carvana are soaring today. The used car seller shares up a sharp 23%. Stocks are solidly higher overall. The Dow Industrials up 207 points. The S&P 500 ahead by 37. And the Nasdaq Composite has leaped 135, or 1.25%. U.S. oil futures surged, rising for a fifth straight session. February crude jumping more than 3% to settle at 77.41 a barrel. That's your money now. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-683-7713. That's 1-800-683-7733. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-683-7733. That's 1-800-683-7733. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services, too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another golf minute to help you putt consistently from any distance. One of the best ways to improve your score is to avoid three putting, which is caused by either coming up too short or too long. Here's a good way to help eliminate those three putts develop a feel for distance by pacing off your putts. The average stride of an adult golfer is about three feet. If you pace off a putt that is five paces, you're looking at a putt 15 feet long. If you have 10 paces, you're looking at a 30-foot putt. 
The next time you're on the practice screen, experiment with different stroke lengths and distances based on the length of your pace. Soon you should develop a good idea of how long your stroke should be from various distances and your three putts will start to disappear. So remember, learn to putt consistently from any distance just by pacing yourself. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. No calculators, please. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. Come gather around people wherever you roam For the times we are changing Everywhere things are changing Things will change Something is changing, 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 changing It's true. Everywhere things are changing. <gasps> changing now. But even as Beaver football enters a new era, from an old tempo these chains, chains. to a new tempo. Here we come a lot of number 29 in. What are you going to get? 25 to get 30 now. In the world of the Joe Beaver Show, it's still John Warren. Well, I heard he speaks eight languages. And on top of everything else, holds a degree in medicine as well as law. He's very attractive. And Mike Parker, director of Woody Repartee. Hello. 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 Howdy. So the more things change, changing, changing, changing. the more they remain the same. Hi, diddle, diddle, a cat in the fiddle. This time I think we go through the middle. Hi. Well, I'll see you later and uh, we'll have another little conversation. It's the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Into the second hour, the mystery's been solved. We'll go to Doug in a moment. There was a, a, a thing of food put in front of me in my space, and I knew, and I was right. Nobody would be sending me any food here. It had to be a mistake that it was placed in my little spot Right, right. where we do the Joe Beaver Show. We opened it up during the break. Thank you, Mike, in Seattle. But it goes back to a bit you did this morning, Jerry. Right, right. It wasn't even planned or meant to be, but I made this comment on the air. Some some Fox News or feature pl- that I played said something about certain foods, and it got me to thinking about liver and liver and onions and how it was something that I've not really met more than five people in my life who like liver and onions. Mm-hmm. But old guys, and, and I say that <laughs> affectionately. affectionately because 
My dad, 86 years old, loves it. And he loved it. And my mom would make it. And it's all seven of us kids would just go, no, right. no, it was the worst. <laughs> and then, and then, but I took it a step further because over the years, I've had no less than 10 people say, oh yeah, I can't stand liver and onions. But for some reason, my dad loves them. And then Dougie comes in and he's a bit older and his dad loved liver and onions. But he doesn't. But he doesn't. And the family didn't. And he made a good point that it must have been because all the common theme being that these older guys, the common theme being maybe from the Depression era when most meats were too much to have or rationed and you could get liver fairly easy. And so these young kids grow up and now they're in their 50s and there are dads from the 19. 40s and they love liver and onions because uh and obviously there are people out there who do but more people that you talk to i could talk to 20 people and 19 of them would say that's disgusting so mike heard that and sent us mike in seattle liver and onions and just to let you know mike thank you so much placed before the wrong personage yours truly (laughs) we opened johnny regaled me with a liver and onions tail doug we're going to get to you in just a second but Let's just say, Mike, thank you. The The meal was sent. We appreciated everything but the main course. <laughs> if that makes any sense to you, thank you. Because I, too, grew up in a hmm, not really liking liver and onion household. In fact, I don't even know if my dad, my dad, who liked most everything. He didn't like I don't it? Rem- well, I don't remember him eating it like you have memories of your dad eating Okay, it. So all right. Then that would be the The outlier. only food that I knew my dad didn't like, and he hated it with a passion, no, I don't want any of the hominy. He What's hated that? hominy. Well, I'm not exactly sure. Other than the explanation in my cousin Vinny, hominy grits and that whole oh, line yeah, of yeah, how yeah, long yeah. do you cook a grit for? And that, <laughs> that whole, it takes you three minutes. That's a beautiful little dialogue scene in the excellent film, My Cousin Vinny. Yeah. But that's the most I've ever learned or known about hominy. But my dad hated it. He grew up, born in 1922, Sioux City, Iowa. And whether that was a staple of a course, and he just got sick of it or tired of it yeah. or never liked it. Yeah. I don't know. But he hated hominy. That's the only thing he ever said he hated. Yeah. Now, Doug, Doug may have never had hominy. He may love liver and onions. I don't know. But we're about to find out and to see what's on his mind. In the meantime, if you have a question for Sarah Elcano at 1220, a session with Sarah coming up, question or comment about Oregon State Athletics in terms of tickets, policies, uh, promotions, marketing, et cetera, Four nine seven five three five six on the University Honda text line, or give us a call. We can pass it along to Sarah when she joins us uh, shortly. Doug, thanks for hanging on. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, thank you very much. I'm just curious, what do you think our chances are tomorrow evening against uh, Arizona? They were ranked number five, I think. You know, at the early part of last week. You probably got clogged by the Cougars, but um, I hope at least we get a fast start. In the Mountain School, we kept getting down really bad both games, yeah. and, and we're always behind the eight ball kind of the rest of the games. So I, I just wonder what your your thoughts are. Well, Doug, as uh, John referenced, the the fact that the Cougars went to McHale <laughs> in Tucson and won gave me, quite honestly, a little bit more hope with respect to the Arizona game. Uh, Not that, you know, I've seen the Beavers pull gigantic upsets over the years, and including in Wayne Tinkle's first year, one of the best I've ever been around, that win over Arizona here, 
was part of a 14-0 and start at Gill Coliseum in Wayne Tinkle's era. And the thing about that I've noticed through the years with Oregon State men's hoops, and not only even in, in Wayne's era but other years, the Beavers rise up at times when maybe it doesn't look as though, you know, they're not quite in that trajectory or when, when one almost little expects the upset or the big win, they put together, and I still think they're capable of it based on how they played against some good teams, almost beating USC on the road, having Duke on the ropes. I thought played well in long stretches at Texas A&M. Uh, they, they have enough talent, enough, uh, you know, whether it's youthful exuberance or whatever else, and enough veteran leadership that they play the game the right way, play the game the way they're capable of, and they're much better at home. Then you ask what I think the chances are, Probably against that Arizona team, not the greatest chances ever of pulling an upset, but the fact that Washington State went to Tucson and won, the fact that the Beavers are home, the fact that they're, I think, sitting on a much better game than they've had here in the last couple of games. They played well for long stretches at Oregon with a good chance to win that game down the road. So I think I'm excited. I'm always excited for an Oregon State-Arizona game at Gill because we've seen some big things, exciting things happen. and. I'm I'm hoping for one of those tomorrow night. Yeah, I hope so. <clears throat> Our big guy, I believe his name is Abdullah from uh, Rod, Rodriguez Della. Yes, Della. I noticed in the Utah game when they when they could finally get the ball into him, whoa, and he's one on one down there. Yes, he, he could score every time easily, and and we we needed the young players to uh, you know. Get that inlet pass and yep. to him so he can he, he can do that. I noticed what's his name the Colorado coach. He, he he had seen the film of that, and so when we played him on Saturday, as soon as yeah um, he got the ball and do and close and he's immediately double teamed. Yes, he was. <clears throat> so he is ready for that, you know. And we need to he needs to know as soon as we get he has a double team to pass the ball out and and get a couple of passes. And there, there should be somebody wide open for 18 or 20 foot shot, you know. Yep. So I hope they're ready for that. Now, I agree. That's good analysis, Doug. But you're absolutely right. They ran the double at him, and even in that, I thought Andela did some nice things in his post work at Colorado in an overall kind of rough night offensively. Andela was a bit of a bright spot. Tyler Billado, I thought, played pretty well on this trip, and, and particularly at Colorado did some good things. And I think that emphasis that you're talking about needs to be paramount tomorrow night in terms of working inside out, getting the ball into the bigs. And if a, a double comes, there's a, pat, there's a chance to not only to get the ball to an outside shooter, but also maybe a drop-off to another post rolling to the hoop. Mikey Retire, Tyler Billado, or somebody who can get something finished at the rim. Uh, we're also hoping to see Shoal Marial perhaps get back in action, and his presence as a big body is going to help this team going forward. Yeah, there's any reason why the tall, you know, that seven-footer hasn't played more? He's he's had a, a serious ankle injury, but he's getting closer, and we're looking forward. In fact, oh. I think I expect to see him play this weekend. <clears throat> yeah, we'd like to get him back. Yes. What do you know about the Arizona team? Are they all like five-star, you know, all-American types or what? Well, you know, I haven't, to be honest with you, even though the game's tomorrow, there's been too much going on. I haven't done my deep dive. That's on the plate for tonight and tomorrow. 
I've been surprised, Doug, to be honest with you. I think they're a loaded team, a ultra-talented team that has now stumbled twice in recent weeks at home uh, to Washington State, but then going to Utah and losing there. So I'm not sure what Tommy Lloyd's got yet from a position-by-position group. I just know going into the year, very talented, a top-five team. I still think that's you know they're capable of, of making a pretty deep run this year. But they've shown some vulnerabilities, and I can't put my finger on exactly why. But by the time we talk tomorrow on this show, I hope to have a little better feel for it. I can't give you too much right now. Yeah, I saw the statistic where he had gone, you know, twenty six and zero at home. That that's an amazing record. Kind of reminded me of a great Ralph Miller team where we had gone twenty six and and zero zero. You know, overall. Yep. yep. So it's amazing these two teams have the that same. Amazing record, twenty six and zero. You know. Are you coming down to the game tomorrow night? <clears throat> yeah, so I'm going to make a, a round trip. Probably go down to Lincoln City and down to Newport and, and go around just still in the day because it's eight o'clock start. You know. So it's yeah. So people from you know from other towns should be able to make it there. You know. Plenty of time to. That's for sure. Yeah, have a great trip down the coast. That sounds like a wonderful way to spend the day before. Uh, ending the day in the evening at Gill Coliseum, Doug. I look forward to seeing you there tomorrow. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay. They've got a kid named Matthew Lang from Jesuit High School, spent four years at Gonzaga, and he's got another year of eligibility, so he's on the roster. Yeah, you know what, Johnny, you are. This is interesting. A little bit of it's, um, it's an admission, but it's one that you understand and maybe a few others don't. Tomorrow at this time, I will know a great deal about Arizona basketball. But I'm sitting here today, and that feels like an eternity away from me. Tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Uh, I know. Exactly. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. I mean, we this show, I, I could show you my phone. Yeah. I feel like, again, uh, Al Pacino saying to to Jonathan Price and Glenn Gary Grant, look at my book. I, you see, I don't have any time to talk to you. You've seen my book. You've seen my book. <laughs> I, if I showed you and showed TJ or anybody, yeah. look at my phone yeah. and the number of messages, the number wow. of calls, trying to do one Joe Beaver show every day. Well, that and that, so so you have to pick your spots when you hunker down, Absolutely. turn off everything else, and, you say, and all I do is home in on Arizona. So by tomorrow, I hope to know Arizona yeah. pretty well. I'm in the corner of the library. I'm not answering yes. the phone, and I'm done. I actually, uh, I don't like to, but I do. And what my my wife says to me, and I've never known this before, play the margins. I'll put things off, put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. Bam! When I'm in a hurry, I gotta get, I get yeah. things done, yeah. big yeah. time. And a lot of times, I'll play the margins where I say, well, I could do the homework early, right? Put it to rest, and then do all these other things I have to do. Yep. But I don't, and then it's like, okay, I gotta do this window. Yep. And oftentimes, it's on game day. And you put it together, and it's like, great. Hey, if I had a Joe Beaver show earlier today, I wouldn't have been able to say right. anything. You prioritize. But now I can tell you everything there is. Yeah. They have eight players, just to look in their roster, from not in America. Mm-hmm. Lithuania. I mean, it's right. like it's like uh, right. uh, the, Terry Boss, former, former mm-hmm. now, I hate to say this, Oregon State soccer coach Terry Boss, rosters all over the right. world on this year's installment of the Arizona basketball team. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, they're they're extremely talented group without question. I've seen them bits and pieces of them on television, but the fact I don't care what 
the fact that they lost at Utah and lost at home to Washington State, John, means they can be beaten. And the Beavers can beat them. The Beavers can put together a great game, play with discipline, consistency, staying true to the plan, and find, find themselves with another upset of Arizona. And they've had a few through the years, and they've been exciting events at Gill, and I, I'm hoping to be able to call one tomorrow night. Here, here's a little overview of uh, the Arizona team. They have one player averaging 20 points a game. That's Azula Tuellis. Azulas Tuellis. Again, a lot of foreign-born players on this team. Uh, four play, one, two, three, four players who average in double figures, almost five. 10.4, 11, then 6.8. That's Omar Balo, who averages 16.8 points per game. They average 85, almost 86 that points was a my, game. That was going to be my question. What is their shooting percentage exactly. in the field? And they, they give up 72 a game. So they're... they're, mm-hmm. they're plus 13. Plus 13. Uh, they shoot 40, 40, uh, let's see, 498. So, so almost, almost 50. And what is their defensive field goal percentage on the 406. Path? That's good. And How about shoot, their three uh, point 34% shooting 34% from three, giving up 33%. Okay. That's not great on the back end. They only shoot 73% from the line. That's terrible. Okay. And they out rebound their opponent by 10, 42 yeah. to, well, by nine, 42 to 32.8. Okay. So they dominate the boards. They, uh, they run. They like to shoot and score a lot, and they um, eighty-five uh, points a game is a yeah, high number. Yeah, but Washington State just held them to sixty-one at McHale. Yeah, that's so right. So like you said, the study the what what did the Cougs do? What I'm sure that the entire staff is all in on. Okay, and when the Beavers beat Arizona here in Wayne's first year, final score was fifty-eight fifty-six, and I have a feeling that you know for the Beavs to. To, to break through and upset a group like that, they're going to need to have yeah. a tempo that is more along those lines in the 50s and 60s, perhaps like the Cougs scoring 74 but holding them to 61 in Tucson. Arizona's two losses are in league at Utah, yeah. 81 to 66. I remember when Utah pulled that off. How about that? And then uh, the Washington State game. Right. They've won every other game. And their high point total against Nichols or Nichols State, has mm-hmm. that argument been settled? Nichols. 117 to 75. Mm-hmm. They've scored over 100 points three times this year against Nichols, against uh, Utah Tech, and Cincinnati. That, now, that one, the other yeah. two you could throw out, but Cincinnati. Uh, they've scored 66 for a low in that loss to Utah, 61 in the loss to Washington State, but nowhere really close to, except for Arizona State, 69 points in a win. They've been over yeah. 70 they, after, other than those 60-point I mean, losses. They're good. Yeah. They're really good. We'll take a break and come back and talk to Sarah Alcano about a big weekend ahead of hoops, about the wrestling event and how that all sort of came together. And back to the original point we made an hour ago, The beauty of digital tickets that I think maybe after Sarah tells her tale, Dave himself, who brought up the point about baseball tickets being freed up for fans who really want to come and use the tickets, that occurs as a function of the digital ticket world we're in. And Sarah will explain the why and the wherefore of that. I don't understand. Well, she's going to explain how. So if, Dave, you championed yesterday more true fans at Goss Stadium at Coleman Field with baseball tickets. The digital world enabled that to happen. Well, Sarah will explain why next on 1240 Joe Radio. 
Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the beeves. Where in Corvallis can you watch the beavers on TV? Enjoy your favorite sub sandwich while drinking a cold craft beer or sipping on a glass of wine. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers, that's where. It's a great combination. Stop by on 5th Street, downtown Corvallis. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the beeves. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. The best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day, and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time, so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 North West 9th in Corvallis. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to My Power Honda. A lot of land comes with a lot of work, and the new Kubota MX Series has a lot to offer, including the versatility to mow, move bales of hay, grade roads, and clear brush and snow. The new Kubota MX Series is rated number one in durability and owner experience. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to lynnbentontractor.com. John is a landlord and has a tenant who missed a rent payment. Mary had an emergency which took up most of her paycheck and she couldn't afford her rent. John and Mary ended up in court. A month later, with another missed payment and thousands of dollars in legal fees, there was a resolution that left no one happy. Eviction doesn't need to be your first choice. Hi, this is Jared from Neighbor to Neighbor. We provide free mediation services for both landlords and tenants, which can save you time and money compared to litigation. Email me at weren2n at gmail.com. That's weren the number 2 n at gmail.com. Don't wait. Mediate. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. It's time for a session with Sarah. Exciting times at Oregon State. And Sarah Alcano, in her 12th year with Oregon State Athletics, Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations, kind enough to join us again. Sarah, it's been a while. It's nice to touch base with you again. Thanks for helping us to have another session with you. These are fun times, and I just kind of want to start, jump right into it, with the event on Sunday 
that we saw as the men's basketball team arriving back at Gill at the same time thousands of people were pouring out of Gill where the wrestling meet with Oklahoma State had just come to an end. I called you almost immediately to say, how did this all happen? Because that was indeed a tremendous event, Sarah, that I'm sure a lot of people worked uh, extremely hard to pull off. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, great day for, for Oregon State Athletics and in particular the wrestling program. It's one of those, you know, I think you had stars align on on the opponent that was in town and our, our head coach being a former national champion when he participated at Oklahoma State. So a lot of storylines leading into it. And then, you know, we decided we're going to go all out for this one and we're going to have a stage. They normally wrestle right on what would be the basketball court with the mat down and we did the elevated stage and some different pieces that we, we've never tried before. Um, and I think they were well received. So it was a great day, wrestling community. You know, there wasn't a lot of other events going on athletically around the state of Oregon. So it was a great time to put the spotlight on that program. And now, hopefully, um, some of those fans that were out here will continue to get them back. Sarah, do you have a sense of whose idea it was? I mean, a lot of people, it sounds like, contributed but the elevated stage the stage idea was that something somebody had seen somewhere else is that peculiar to oregon state wrestling uh, kind of inventing that for the purposes of a collegiate duel there are some other programs um you know top programs around the country who do that for all of their home meets you know for us this was the first try i think in the history at least as far as i've been here that that we've done it in jail and i think extremely well, you know, little things that, that we'd have to tweak if we wanted to do that every single time, certainly. Um, but as far as, you know, literally elevating your event and, and being able to showcase it and make it, I think, when you walk in, just kind of an overall experience of that, that wow when you walk in, I think it was a success. So started definitely with, with the wrestling staff who's seen it around the country and then a whole bunch of folks around here to make it come to fruition. Sarah, there was also um, students there from different schools, and uh, someone said that they saw one of the schools in the uh, one of the restaurants and said they were from LeGrand. There was one from Pendleton. Was that one of those classroom-type deals that basketball does, or was it something different? Different, um, you know, similar in the outreach where every local you know, school club team was contacted and we offered them group tickets to this. And, you know, the wrestling program themselves has a lot of those contacts. And so they were able to enlist that wrestling community directly. And then the marketing office, you know, jumping in and assisting with it as well. Sarah Elcano joining us. Sarah, also we touched on and we got a call to this effect that I'm hoping you can shed a little light on. With regard to baseball tickets and Dave from Tumwater, who is a tremendous fan of the Beavers and contributor to our show in so many ways. But he shared something with me I was not aware of with respect to baseball tickets and how I think the number is close to 70 more have been freed up, so to speak, from accounts that you were able to somehow track and discover that people who had those accounts were just kind of reselling the tickets and not really using them. I don't know the whole detail on it, but Dave seemed excited about more real fans, so to speak, who want to get in and use those tickets are now or will be made, if, if they haven't been already, available. What can you tell us about that tale and how you were able to track that? That Yeah, credit to the, the ticket operations staff. So what they're able to do, and in large part because of digital tickets, we're, we're able to track better, you know, where they're going truly and who they're in the hands of, um, which, which has 
a litany of positive outcomes, but this being one of them where, you know, you have a, a it's a real name and a real address that's on the account um, and sometimes even a local address, but through that tracking of digital tickets and monitoring the relisting of them on the secondary market, you're able to establish, okay, these are tickets that are in the hands of brokers. These aren't Oregon State fans who even come to part of their season and may resell a portion. That's totally acceptable and in the rights of the season ticket holder. But when you're offloading every single game um, and at particular price ranges, we're able to establish that, that you're a broker account. And so we made the decision this year with that knowledge um, to not allow those accounts to renew their season tickets. And it did free up. It's right about 70 um, seats that are reserved seats inside the main area of Goss. And those are, um, yeah, they're, they're active right now. And we're hoping to fill them with Oregon State fans who either haven't been able to get in on a season basis or perhaps have only had access to season general admission in the outfield and now have the opportunity to move, in, move into the infield. Absolutely. Great move. Absolutely. All right. A uh, call that came in earlier from Doug. He says, football's, uh, Doug, I hope I don't butcher this. Football season tickets and the process and that there was going to be a deal about being able to select seats, but now that may not come true. I, I, that was a while ago. Lots of things were happening. Doug, sorry if I didn't take that down right. But Sarah, if you could just talk about the process that will be for getting season tickets now that the new side will be open. Absolutely. Yeah. So renewing um, going right now, you know, we started early December, I think is where we ended up finally launching that. So you can renew your same seat location right now, lock those in. If you're trying to get to new seats on the west side, the actual allocation of the seats will take place when the renewal period is over. So April renewal deadline is the end of March. And then come April, we will go through those in um, priority point order. So right now, if you're trying to get on the west side, you're indicating, I have interest in the west side. If you're as far as, I know I want to be in this section, you're indicating that as well. And then when the time comes, we'll go through that in order. Online, it's called Bellino's, the software, um, and folks will be able to go in in order and see which seats are available at, at their selection time and within which sections, and then be able be able to pick those. While I'm thinking about it on that question, and I'm I'm envisioning what I saw in the research cam and how it looks over there, are are what are all those designated as? In other words, the very top level, the very brand new top level, are those GAs and season tickets and individual game tickets, or are those for loge people? How do you designate each of the levels that'll be new this year? Every level over there will be on a season ticket basis first, uh, just just like the rest of the venue and really all of our venues. So we're trying to move all those seats on a season ticket basis. Um, anything that doesn't move on seasons would then become options for mini plans or singles. Um, none are general admission. So everything over there, everything in Reser entirely would have a fixed seat location with the exception of standing room only seats. Okay. And... Um... Another uh, question from a listener. The sound system upgrades, how are they coming along? They're coming along well. I think that's all I can say. <laughs> but there is an well. effort. There is an effort to to make it different, louder, and better is what I think people are wondering about. Absolutely, yes. And I, well, I cautionly say yes to the louder. Um, maybe better quality. Is, is a better term to use than louder. Um, I think we, we just want to make sure it's, you know, at the appropriate levels across all of the stadium, 
and that you're able to hear and understand whether we're playing music or PA is going or the ref mic. Um, in any of those elements, we want to make sure they're as clear as possible. Okay, from a listener. Uh, has there been any discussion on expanding GOSS? It seems like there's demand for more seating, especially for regional and super regional games. Great question. Yeah, we're, we're actually about to come out with a survey. So similar to what we did way back when, um, as we were starting to talk about the West Side and completing research, there was a survey that went out to the entire you know, Beaver Nation fan base. Anyone could partake in that, whether a baseball season ticket holder or a single game buyer or, or neither of those. And we're going to gauge the appetite there. Um, and it's not just about expansion, right? This is exactly what we did with, with research. If you're thinking about more seats, what kind of seats are you thinking about? What product is there more demand for? Um, and, in, and in which areas? And in some places, maybe you have less demand for a seat type that you have, so you might decrease that where you're increasing the seat type of, of another product. So um, I have some, you know, hypothesis about how I think that survey results will go, but this is why we do it. We want to actually make informed decisions. So that survey should come out here in the next you know, a few weeks, four, I'd say four weeks maybe, um, to get that out. And that will be around baseball and softball as well. Any plans to replace the turf at Reeser? You guys always get one that I don't know. That is the uh, one I don't know the answer <laughs> to. Okay, well, that's that's fine. Uh, eventually it will need to, but maybe not this year. You don't know. Um, Reynolds, who's big into wrestling and is part of a wrestling fan fan club and supports Oregon State, says, awesome on wrestling. Thank you in big, bold letters. Some behind the scenes. Could we see an annual alumni showcase like that? I think absolutely we could. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure what's been released schedule-wise, but we have a couple big opponents coming in the, the next couple years, and you know, for us, there's, there's a strategy within marketing of peak-on-peak peak mentality. And so why not take that, that meet, that game, whatever sport it is, where your team's performing well, you have a great opponent in town, and let's put every element we have on that game with the goal of selling out. I, I thought attendance on Sunday was absolutely fantastic. Atmosphere is great, but I don't want to lose sight of the goal is to sell out a wrestling meet, and we're not backing down from that. And so we, we're focused on that peak-on-peak peak mentality and hope to get there in the future. Okay, real quick. Uh, four of the women's non-conference games were against HBCU teams. Uh, there must be a background story there. can't just be coincidence, any insight. Now, I know Mike, myself, we've all talked about this. There is a league crossover deal uh, with some of these teams. Uh, can you expand on that at all? There is, there is an agreement between the conferences, um, and, and that's active. The first games actually aligned with that agreement happened this year, but those were not the Oregon State games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's absolutely, and when they're reaching out to schedule, I think they're thinking about that, and, hey, this is an opportunity. When you bring in an opponent like that, right, there's, there's an exchange of money within the contract, and why not schedule those when you have a chance? So that was outside of this agreement, but I think something that, that's on the minds of everyone in the Pac-12 is an important thing to do if it fits within your schedule. This last one, I don't know if it's sarcasm or what, but this person says, have the music and techno din as loud and continuous as possible. Play music during the plays. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's just in, in uh, sarcastically an answer to my and Mike's railing against techno din. Well, not not it's no railing against it. A reconciliation with it, I think, more than anything else. It's kind of the world we're in. But that could be, John. You may be onto something. Yeah. 
Sarah, well, any, I think the extreme yeah. end of all of this would be the NBA, right? Where yes. they are almost doing what you're describing. Yes. It is constant, Which is constant what... noise and entertainment. I'm using air quotes, entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, NCAA rules, the naysayers will be happy. NCAA rules prohibit us from playing music during play. Um, there's guidelines within sports on when you have to stop um, at a particular moment. So we're obviously going to follow the rules. Yeah. Yeah, going to find that balance of playing the right amount of music with authentic crowd noise. It, it, and was, band. it was a blazer game that brought up the subject in the first place. Ron Callen will expound on his thoughts on that tomorrow, having gone to the Motor Center last night for GP2 and Drew Eubanks. Not the Blazers. For GP2 and Drew Eubanks. Hey, the, the best thing they're doing is playing the Chainsaw Boys. So I'm, <laughs> oh, that's I'm a true. Blazer fan than I have been in recent Yeah, years. that's a good point. And we'll talk to Ronnie about that tomorrow. Last thing, Sarah, you mentioned scheduling. And, and I keep, you know, I feel like we're waiting for Godot together for the schedule to be released for football. What can you what can you tell us about football schedule 2023 at this point and when we might see a final version? I have been told a few different times that okay. we are days away. So okay. take that for what it's worth. But since I've heard it a couple of times, I think they're very close. Um, you know, the way this works, they, they put out a shell schedule and a couple different shell options, and the ADs all huddle together, and everyone has to agree on every single one of those games. So you can see why the process can drag out certain years versus others. Um, I know they're very close. Um, if, you, if you look at just what we know about the every-other-year opponents and what we're lined up for and then the South opponents' rotation, um, a lot to be excited about, I think, in the schedule. So very anxious to get that out. We're off to a great start as far as football season tickets go. Um, new numbers that are tremendous that you know we haven't seen in several years, and obviously credit to the program on that. Um, renewal number, I think, is in a good spot. I think we have a handful of folks, more than a handful, that want to see that schedule. So the importance of getting that out so everyone can make their mm-hmm. decisions, is, we're definitely aware of it and hoping that comes soon. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. We'll touch base again soon. Another session with Sarah. Thanks for taking time for us. We appreciate it. Of course. Go Beavs. Sarah Elcano with a session with Sarah. Devin Hunter up next to talk women's hoops with the Beavers home this weekend. Four basketball games this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's going to be the place to be. We'll talk to Devin next on 1240 Joe Radio. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Complete your 2023 home project with Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, now with new cedar decking in stock, as well as blue pine TG, shiplap pine, and S4S dimensional pine. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood, as well as domestic, exotic, and live-edge hardwood currently in stock. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, conveniently located off of Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis. 
Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Ah, the RV life. Carefree living at its best. Find everything you need for worry-free RV living at Lassen RV Parts and Service. At Lassen RV, you can talk to experts who will see to it that you have the right solution for your RV. We carry everything right down to the special RV-approved two-ply toilet paper. Lassen RV and Lassen RV Parts and Service, where friends send their friends. Just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany and at LassenRV.com. Hi, this is TJ Mathewson. Join me for Corvallis and Crescent Valley High School basketball action here on 1240 Joe Radio. Brought to you by Benson's Interiors, Evergreen Indian Restaurant, Corvallis Floor Covering, Highland Bowl, Independent Auto Works, Burst Chocolates, Albin's Plumbing, Philomath Rental, Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, and by Lynn Benton Tractor. Follow the Spartans and the Raiders throughout the season here on 1240 Joe Radio, your year-round source for sports. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren to the texture. Annoying. Right. I agree. I agree. I'm not going to argue with that. I asked several people. I looked it up online. You can go to obsbrand.com or whatever else. It's never spelled out. So I was able to find, and that's why I didn't ask, Stephen, to take time with me. I suppose I should have. So my apologies to the texture. But... Original brand S, I don't know what the, uh, maybe original brand Steven, I mean, I don't know. But it's the OBS brand, you're right, texter, whoever that was. I'm, a, you know, when you go to the website and the literature, which I did this morning trying to prepare, it's never spelled out. So, well, then why didn't you just ask? Well, I should have. That's that's on me. But to the texter, on, with respect to Steven Jackson and Damian Martinez, that texture's correct, but I, I'm not that Stephen wouldn't have known the answer. He would have. It's just the conversation took a course, and we didn't get to it. My apologies, but but you won't find anywhere online exactly what those letters stand. No, they don't and have. I a, tried. You know, usually a website will say about us. Yeah, they don't I, have. I that. couldn't find it. It yeah. may be in there, but I couldn't exactly find it. It's enough to know that it's through our own Stephen Jackson working with his ambassador. Damian Martinez for the OBS Lifestyle brand. It is a pleasure to welcome Oregon State women's basketball assistant coach, former Beaver Devin Hunter, to the Joe Beaver Show in light of a big weekend coming. And I thought a really intriguing weekend on the road this past weekend, Devin. Thanks for taking time for us, Coach. Before we get to the challenges ahead this weekend, what were your main takeaways from watching your team in the two games in the desert? Yeah, um, I thought they fought really hard. I think they played um, very well. 
um, most of the weekend. And so I think it was just, it was cool to see them keep growing um, in each weekend that we've played and take things and that they've learned every weekend and um, put it into the next. Devin, what was your take on having a 12-point lead late, seeing that unfortunately diminish and you end up losing a heartbreaker in Tucson, but to get to the point, we'll talk about the run the Cats went on, but to build a lead of that kind in that building, in that atmosphere, tell me a little bit about how you were executing the things that you were doing so well to put yourselves in a position to have a chance to win that game. Yeah, I think we executed um, really well for that first part of the game. Everything we ran, they ran it the way that's drawn. Um, they competed at the highest level. And so I think that it was just um, a fun stretch of basketball there. Um, where they put everything that we've been practicing together. And so I think that was really cool and fun to watch them click together that game. Devin Hunter joining us. Then the learning point for all your players, the coaching staff, everybody when you watched what Arizona did. What's the take for you as a coach, for the team, to when you're in a position like that, again, to find a way to – to kind of hold it down, deal with that athletic length and pressure, and hang on to the lead and win, as opposed to the outcome you had. What were the, the learning points, I guess, for your team going forward? Yeah, so I think all games, you know, give you some learning things to take into the next game. And I think that they just saw how competitive the Pac-12 really is. Um, each game is going to be a battle down to the final seconds. Um, it's, the game's not over until the final horn rings, and so... I think it was good for them to see just how competitive it is, and I know that they have learned, and they're going to take it into the next weekend coming up. Devin Hunter joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. How nice is it to have a player down low who comes in and gives you double-doubles almost every night and gets Pac-12 Freshman of the Week twice in a row and three on the year. I saw at the beginning of the year, Devin, um, Reagan playing, and I thought, man, she must have dominated in high school. And you know, was getting early minutes, and then as the years progressed, just really come on strong. How how nice is that? And and you you coach the post, don't you? Yeah, I do. I get to I have the great experience. I get to work with uh, Ray every day, and so she's amazing. She's an amazing person, even better person outside of the basketball court. And so um, it's fun every day watching her go out there and compete. And she is so competitive and she just gives her full um, 100% effort every game and you know what you're going to get from her and so that's been super fun to watch it just kind of unfold in front of everybody that hasn't really seen her play before she got to Oregon State and so it's been fun and I'm so happy for her. We've had you on several times and on a podcast before about coaching and, and coming back home to coach but I just thought of this as we were talking about coaching down low and doing all of that you miss it because you're so young i know you've been a couple of years in the coaching ranks already but you're still so close enough to the game do you miss getting out there and and uh and playing yeah sometimes um especially during you know games it's like just you remember how fun it is to actually be out there but i get to practice every now and then and so then my body reminds me that it was time to retire so yeah, yeah that's understandable Devin hunter joining us Devin, i'm curious about your own experience as a player, as John suggests, not that far removed. But in what you saw build at Oregon State, and maybe I just get a feel watching some of the talent you're working with and coaching, that what you eventually experienced in building up into a Final Four team as you experienced as a player, 
Do you see some similar things coming together? I, mean, I don't want to put too much pressure on you and say this group's going to go in a couple of years, but <laughs> you understand my question that you, you, that group stuck together for a while. You had a core group that stayed together, stayed together, and rose to great heights. In the world we're in, it's hard to tell, but do you like the makeup of, of the pieces you already have and going forward to kind of maybe make another pretty deep push like that? Yeah, no, I, this group is super special, and yeah, I got to experience it firsthand um, with the group growing every year and getting farther and far, farther every year. And so, yeah, I think this is a super special group, and they have what it takes to continue to grow. And um, like even with this season, we just are barely pushing the limits that we have for ourselves. And so um, I'm excited to continue to watch this group unfold um, over the years. You mentioned the type of person Reagan Beers is. Now, she's a better person even than player. I wonder how important that part of it with the makeup of your players and the, the people you recruit, Devin, is. Tell me a little bit about the importance of not just the physical talent on the floor, but the types of things you're talking about. Yeah, we definitely recruit um, kids that just fit our culture, and our culture is just um, great kids that um, enjoy basketball, and that's the plus to it, but just are great to be around. Um, they bring everybody up when they walk into a room, and they know how to have fun. And so I know this group, just outside of basketball, it's always fun being with them and hanging out, and they're just great-spirited kids. So um, Ray definitely adds to that, and you know when she walks into a room, um, she has the biggest smile on her face, and so does the rest of our team. So, again, just fitting my culture and continuing like the We Are Family motto and fitting into our family the perfect way. Speaking of all of that, I, I can't help but think of compilation YouTube videos of kids who are walk-ons who earn scholarships and the emotional nature of all the different celebrations that teams will do. How much of a bonus is it that Noelle Manon is able to come in and give you all the minutes that she's able to do when she started out coming from a small town, small school in Oregon, a walk-on, all the way to scholarship player for you? And what a great kid. Yeah, no, I actually was just talking about that story today and just um, how amazing it is like, going from a walk-on to now she's starting for us right now and giving us big minutes. And so um, she works hard every day and she gives us a consistent energy. You know, she's going to go out there. She's going to be on the floor. She's going to get the crowd into it. And so um, it's been amazing for Noelle just to be able to be a part of her journey and watch it from the outside um, has been amazing. And I'm very proud that she gets to, um, show everybody that her true talent and just, you know, her true personality on the court as well. So she's great, and I'm so happy that she gets to be out here with us. Last couple of minutes with Devin Hunter. Devin, I've asked this in a different way before, but I'd like to do so again. When you play for Scott and the staff when you played, and now you're a, uh, a staff member and a coach, <laughs> Do you understand some things better now, sort of on the inside as a co? Oh, this is why he was harping on that so much when I was playing. I mean, what's the perspective like to go from playing for Coach Ruick to being one of his coaches and kind of in on how practices and approaches are developed that maybe when you were playing, you sometimes wondered, why are we spending so much time doing this or whatever else? Do you have anything along those lines that sort of has been kind of eye-opening, I guess? Yeah, I think the um, biggest thing is like how much goes into it. Um, we spend lots of hours preparing for um, like scouts and stuff for the players um, and then, you know, workouts and practices. And so just being able to see the true ins and outs of actually being a coach and 
what it entails. I think you don't see as much of the player. Um, you kind of see it the three to four hours that you're there every day with them. And so um, I think it's been cool to just be able to see the ins and outs of it and um, learn the game at a deeper level. And it's cool that I get to do it with someone that also coached me. And the last thing, what are you what are you up against this weekend? That, the schedule in the conference, I mean, it's ridiculously difficult to navigate. What's your sense about coming home, how excited you are about that, and, and what you guys are up against uh, against the Washington schools? Um, yeah, so I think this is going to be a fun weekend. It's, it's always good to be back here in Gill and um, playing. And we came off a strong weekend where we played really well together. And so continuing to grow um, and putting a full 40 minutes together, or full 80 minutes, I guess, um, together this weekend. And so um, it's going to be good. They're going to be two, those are two well-played teams, and they have really good players on both. And so us being able to compete at the highest level this weekend will be important. And um, I think it'll be a fun weekend for sure. Have you heard good reviews of your former teammates' work as an analyst for the first time, Sydney Weiss? I don't know whether you've been able to go back and listen to her and Ann working together while you're breaking down video, but uh, how did you feel if you've been able to hear that or what reports you're getting on how Sid did? Yeah, I just um, honestly got to see some of like, the posts on social media. I haven't had time to really go back and watch, but knowing Sid, I know she did an amazing job, and um, I'm super happy for her that she got to do that, and I know that she's made for TV, and so um, when I do go back and watch it, I know that it's going to be amazing, and she's one announcer that I'm going to love to continue to listen to. Devin, we really appreciate your time. As always, have a good practice today and a great weekend ahead. Thanks for taking time for us on the Joe Beaver Show. Yes, thank you, and go Beaver. Devin Hunter, our guest. We're about ready to wrap it up on the fan. Yes, we are. I mix this microphone here. Yeah, there is uh, a mix minus well, match. I need and to... You just, I heard you declare to one of our working engineers. There's several on hand trying to equalize things. Right, you're riding these pots well, up came, and down. He came into the room and, and put a mic processor on the table. And uh, Glenn's not really an engineer, but he's really engineer smart. <laughs> and so I said, I don't know what you did yesterday, but it's worse. <laughs> And I say that you said that I affectionately, did, affectionately, because he's a friend of mine, and also because I know what we've been toiling for <laughs> in for quite some time now, and we are going to get brand new ones, so it's all going to be better. So there, there is, and the difference between Glenn and, and most engineering types, as we've shared before, Glenn has become of necessity yeah. an engineer, as you have, as we all do, to certain <laughs> times. Certain times we're trying to figure. out, Okay, now I got to get on the air somehow. Does this yeah. go here? Charlie Halbrook and others, that mic processor yeah. that he just set down on the table, mm -hmm. if Charlie or almost any other engineering type that I've known through the years and in this business, you end up talking to a lot of engineers, you present them the gear and say, this isn't working. Can you <laughs> fix it? They look at it and then when they come, they either take it or write in the moment or when they come back to you. Well, what you had was, <laughs> yeah. look, I, I, I don't want to know exactly what it was that I had. I know that they're doing everything they yeah. possibly can to bring you into their world. And on a certain level, there is, oh, you can learn some things. Ooh, they want to share with yes. what their brain was able to figure out. My dad's a lot like that. You learn the whole process. It's, it's like taking the car from me into a mechanic 
Oh, well, your carbon on the valves, whatever else it is, <laughs> to go back to a new leaf. Uh, carbon on the valve, ooh, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Just fix it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a mic processor sitting over there. Is Glenn even capable yes. of coming to you and saying, now here's what we're going to do with yeah. this mic processor? Glenn is uh, very smart. <laughs> he's not a sanctioned engineer, but he's he should be. Washington State, Friday, 7 o'clock, and I believe Sid's on the call Is here she? Sunday, I think, or now maybe that, the game at Washington that or something. I don't know. I, I think she's got a Beaver-Washington game, and maybe that's later on the road. I'd have to check on that on the fan. Is that based on something uh, Ann said? Something Ann said, something in, in texting Elise, I mean, uh, not Elise, um, texting... The old Sansoni, um, Sydney Weiss herself, yeah. to say how did it go, and she wrote back and said she had a fun time working with uh, with Anne, and that she ha- she's really excited to work with Elise, and she said she has one other game, and it's a Beaver Husking game, but I think that might be a one in Seattle, yeah. not this weekend. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. KEJO Corvallis and translator K two two nine D I Corvallis, the home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.